Welcome back to 10 Minute Investing Canada, where we do stock analysis, market overviews, and break down financial news in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Austin Bentz, and let's get the show on the road. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Today is Sunday, uh, April 25th, and I am feeling a little under the weather today, so I apologize in advance if uh, my voice sounds a bit hoarse or there's just not the same... uh, uh, pep that I might usually have. Not that I'm too enthusiastic as uh, as as a norm, but I am feeling a little under the weather today, so I apologize if there's some mumbling or uh, it just sounds a bit hoarse on your end. I do. I want to give an upfront uh, apology for that. Although today we are looking at a very interesting topic. I'm going to be reviewing a report. Um, we're just giving my thoughts on it. Um, it's a the, from the lead lag report. It's called Lumber, Worth Its Weight in Gold, Offense and Defense and Active Portfolio Management. And it was written by Michael A. Gayad, CFA. Um, And this was actually a 2015 National Association of Active Investment Investment Managers uh, Founders Award winner. So it did win an award. Um, Interesting paper. I did give a zip through it. And I'm just going to give my thoughts on it or or, uh, kind of break it down very briefly, very high level. And then just how it can maybe help some retail investors like uh, like ourselves and maybe just some information or uh, what we can use uh, from an educational perspective to our own uh, personal investing. So essentially what this paper did, what, what his goal was is, um, as mentioned, right, he's an active investment manager. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to always beat the S&P or beat the index that they're that they're measured against. This guy was using the S&P 500. So he's looking to find a repeatable strategy that can consistently beat the S&P 500. So he's used a linkage between gold and lumber, these two commodities, to to try and establish that um, and to try and beat the S&P 500. So essentially what he found here, essentially what, uh, what the correlation is, they found that if lumber is outperforming gold over the prior 13 weeks, take a more aggressive stance in your portfolio in the following week. If gold is outperforming lumber over the prior 13 weeks, take a more defensive stance in the portfolio for the following week. So if lumber is outperforming gold, we're going to get aggressive. If gold is outperforming lumber, we're going to be defensive. Now where he derives this from is that lumber is one of the key indicators for economic growth. Um, It's the most volatile in the housing sector for, for when we're when we're building new houses or new developments are coming up. Uh, lumber is the most volatile commodity and a very, very common commodity, as I'm sure everyone's aware, when you're building houses. Um, and you look at the U.S., this, this, he's a U.S. writer, but you could compare the same in Canada. You know, our economies are very similar in the fact that housing is a huge part of our economic booms. And when our countries are, are thriving and we're booming and growing, New housing developments, new new builds are going to be uh, are going to be high or, or near all time highs or, or you know it, we're we're going to be building houses and building um, building buildings and, and writing or uh, uh, growing these new developments in times of economic booms, and then gold is known as the fear index and we talked about that a little bit last week when uh, I had done the precious metals podcast. You know, gold is seen as a safe haven asset. It isn't super correlated to the S&P 500. Um, it's been a little bit more correlated recently, but if you look at it over the long haul, and this paper was using data on uh, gold lumber and the S&P back to 1986. 
And if you do look at the long haul, gold doesn't have a very high correlation. You know, people do tend to use it as a flight to safety um, to avoid the volatility. So you kind of have two opposites in that regard. Whereas, you know, when gold is going up, it's showing that people are scared. They see volatility coming. When lumber is going up, you know, you're getting these new builds. People see economic growth. We see huge uh, gains that are going to be made over over the next uh, coming weeks or months or years, whatever it is, right? So just that's that's where this uh, these linkages tie into each other. Um, and then when they use the 13 weeks, so that's three months, they found that uh, all commodities tend to show trends between one month and 12 months and the strongest uh, momentum trends show in three months. So that's why they're using the 13 weeks or three months as the indicator. That does tend to have the strongest uh, momentum indicator for commodities. So that's where that 13 weeks is coming from. Um, and it was actually really interesting when I was looking at this, um, just pull up a gold chart over the last year and pull up a lumber chart over the last year. I think we've all known, um, or we all well aware now lumber has been surging. It's up a ton. Like I'm looking at the continuous lumber contract. It was at 350 last May. It's at 1238. So up four X, um, and gold's been downtrending since August. So what does that uh, what does that tell us, right? The the market should have been hot, and that's that's exactly right. I think anyone that's been investing for the last year has seen that ever since COVID hit, the market's been doing nothing but go up. We've hit uh, a bit of a snag here in the last month or two, and if you do look, actually, um, lumber went a little bit stagnant uh, in uh, late February to March, and then it kind of started going up again here, and we've started to pull out of the pull out of the slump in the last little bit, I think uh, people would say. So it's, it's, it is interesting that it seems to be, there seems to be something to this. And, you know, this is an award-winning paper. Um, this, this gentleman, I believe, actually created an ETF that you can buy using um, this active management strategy. And uh, they have shown success at beating the S&P 500. So that's what I want to get into my last point here. How can you use this information as a retail investor to help you out? He gave some uh, offensive and defensive strategies in this paper. I'm not going to get too much into those because I do feel that they would be more an institution or something like an ETF that could use. Um, some of them were flipping into treasury bonds. You know, when, when uh, gold is outperforming lumber, we switched to treasury bonds. Another was to sell covered calls um, to protect us on the downside. You know, some of these strategies, are just I think they're a little bit too much. And if you only have 10, 20, 30,000, you're going to lose those little gains you're making on the overall index in uh, transaction fees. I, I don't think you're going to actually come out ahead. So I don't know if uh, if trading this strategy consistently is actually going to be super beneficial for you. Um, but one thing I had thought here that, you know, a way to take advantage of this information Typically, people, retail investors invest and obviously look at your own investment strategy, look at your own portfolio. And if this applies to you, then then maybe it's something to look at. Um, typically, people are investing every month, right? You know, maybe I save $500 a month. That's what I take off my paychecks. That's what I put into my TFSA or my investment account or my RSP, whatever it is. I'm putting 500 bucks a month into my investment account. So maybe where this strategy comes in is you're going to look at that gold lumber connection and that's going to depend on what you buy with that $500, right? If uh, gold is outperforming lumber and it's a, a decently hefty amount, you know, okay, gold has gone up uh, 35% in the last three months. That's, that's a lot, but let's just use that as a number. Lumber has gone down five. Okay. So gold is heavily outperforming lumber in the last 13 weeks. Maybe I want to buy a value index ETF with this $500. You know, I want to go value. I think over the next little bit, value is going to outperform. It looks like the market is rolling over that 
um, value is going to outperform or, you know, or a bond index. So something conservative um, to, to the point of his strategy. Right? His point was that you want to get away from the risky assets and get to these safer assets, which is why he had a treasury uh, bill strategy. Um, but all these, all these would work, right? You know, value, there's ETFs about value companies. It's just going to pull the S&P companies or the, or the TSX, whatever you are, or whatever country and whatever you're looking for, you can find an ETF that's just going to pull the value companies out of an index and, and give you the value. So maybe that's something you look at, or you look at a treasury bond ETF or just a, a corporate bond index or something like that, right? You're going to put your money to safe. Maybe two months from now, you put your $500 in your investment account, you take a look. Lumber is killing gold. You know, here's one. Maybe it's a time to put it into the tech stocks. Get a tech ETF. Buy your new favorite up-and-coming tech stock. Buy the Russell. Buy these small caps. Maybe there's a couple kind of penny stockish companies that are trading on the venture exchange that you just have a good feeling about. You know, maybe this is the time to do that because when lumber's outperforming gold, typically that's when you see these small companies outperform the indexes. That's when these small companies have a chance, right? When we're in an economic recession. These small companies are the first to go, right? There's a reason that these big banks have been around over 100 years. They can survive the highs and the lows. These little new companies, yeah, they have the potential to be 100x or 100 baggers or 10 baggers or whatever it is, right? You're not going to buy RBC stock and then make 15 times your money. You can do that with a venture stock, but they inherently have a ton of risk. So maybe you take a look at buying those when, you know, lumber and gold are telling you, hey, everyone's really bullish on the overall, overall economy right now. Lumber's being purchased, gold's being sold. People think, you know, we're going to be building new developments and, and our economy is going to be booming here moving forward. That's what this is telling me. This is the time I want to start doubling down on these, you know, Russell indexes and tech stocks and there's anything that has a higher level of risk. So I would maybe look at it like that from a retail perspective. Um, again, we talked about in a previous uh, episode, the core and satellite strategy. That's just, you know, you have your basic uh, core to your investments and that those never change. You just add to those and then you have your satellite strategy where you take shots to make more money and, and to try and beat the indexes. Um, maybe you use a strategy like this on your um, satellite plays, right? You know, maybe you aren't really going to have many risky stocks and then when lumber starts are outperforming, you say, okay, now's the time to have some more of these satellite plays and you, you increase the size of your satellite uh, whereas when gold's outperforming, you know, maybe you increase the size of your core holding. So uh, a couple ideas for you there. I just, I thought this information was really interesting. Um, he seems like a smart guy. I've been following him on Twitter for a while. I mean, he's a CFA. He wrote this award-winning paper. He uh, clearly seems like an intelligent fellow. And I just thought that this link was a really interesting link. I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more and, uh, you know, see what, may, what benefit maybe you could bring myself and anyone else uh, that's, doing their own trading or their own investing. And yeah, those are a couple strategies that I had just thought from reading this paper that a retail investor might be able to to use. Because as mentioned, a lot of his strategies did involve um, some maybe more complex financial maneuvering that you're not going to maybe get ahead with doing it on your own, you know, with transaction fees. You know, if you're paying a $10 transaction fee and you're only buying $500, it's different than if you're buying $50,000, right? You're losing a lot more percentage of your of your growth so if you're only going to outperform by half a percent and then you give two percent away in transaction fees that's that's the fear i have when you try to perform these active management strategies with a small sum of money but like i said i think there's still value in the information i think there's still ways you can use this information you know um especially look at your own portfolio look at the nuances to your own investing if you do the monthly thing you know maybe that's how you want to look at it and um and another thing too, if you're looking at that monthly strategy, you're still going to have a balanced portfolio. 
right? You know, if you go four or five years doing that and gold and silver switch back and forth and one time you buy when lumber's outperforming, one time you buy a tech ETF, one time you buy the Russell, one time you buy a few just smaller companies you like. And then when uh, gold's outperforming, you buy, you know, sometimes you buy a corporate bond index. The next month you buy the treasury bond index. The next time you buy a value ETF. You look at that four years down the road, you've got all these things. Like you have a balanced portfolio. You're not, you know, making a, a weird portfolio construction, you're going to have a, a fairly diversified, good standing portfolio. It's just maybe there's a chance that you can pick up uh, on some of these lagging assets before they catch back up to the a- average. And over the long haul, if you can do that a few times, you know, that's how you're going to beat uh, beat the indexes. You know, it's tough to do consistently, but if you can get the right swings a few times, um, it, uh, it might be able to, to, to be done. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on this information. I thought it was very, uh, very insightful, very unique. Um, as always, shoot me an email. Shoot me a message on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I apologize again for uh, the lack of enthusiasm this one. I am, I'm quite sick. So hopefully when I get these uh, small cap companies rolling this week, which I had promised, I'll uh, be in a bit of, bit of a better mindset and have a little more enthusiasm. But thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Hope you guys come back later this week when we look at these small cap companies. And yeah, bye for now.